Hello and welcome to New Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gathard here. Welcome to New Jersey is the world. Today we got an episode of Jersey Dude Reviews Jersey Food. Don Finelli reviews Porta. Asbury Park, one of the state's most talked about restaurants of recent times. We all went together. New Jersey is the world's cruise, so Don and I were able to talk about it, having had the same meal put in front of us by the lovely people at Porta. Hey, speaking of Asbury Park, December 26th, New Jersey is the world live. Our second ever live episode, House of Independence in Asbury Park. If you're going to be in the state, if you're home visiting family, come on out. If you live in the state and you want to flee your family, you come on out. We still got a handful of tickets available. Go to the House of Independence website. The link is also at chriscath.com. Come check us out, baby. We're going to go big. It's going to be stupid. We're planning the bits. And I can promise you one thing. It will be stupid. Now, I have to say thanks to everybody. People, I got to say, it's not a surprise knowing Jersey people the way I do. Uh, Don's food episodes, they get a lot of reaction. A lot of people have strong opinions on them. And our food is very close to our hearts here in the Garden State. A lot of the voicemails that come in at our voicemail line, which is at 973-780-4660, are reactions to the food episodes and questions about food. Suzanne called in recently and asked if anybody can help her locate a for real version of a food that we all grew up with and that I feel like Suzanne's right. You don't see him around as much anymore. Uh, check out what Suzanne has to say. Hey, my name is Suzanne. I'm calling from Pine Beach. And my daughter actually got me onto your podcast when you did the malls, and we laughed because obviously the closest one to us is Ocean County Mall. But I'm listening now to the Bagel podcast, and I'm not calling about bagels, and I'm not calling with a suggestion. I'm actually calling with a plea. I have missed a good hard roll for several years now because Waldanza's Bakery in Beachwood has been closed for several years and that place for hard rolls that I've ever had. And you can't find hard rolls anymore. You get Kaiser rolls, which suck because they don't have that hard crust on the outside when you're biting into them. And I always love, instead of doing a, a bacon... Uh, pork roll, egg, and cheese on a bagel. I didn't like the bagel. I liked it on the hard roll. And I can't find any good hard rolls anymore. So I'm wondering, do you know of any places where they have some good hard rolls in the state of New Jersey left? Because I would love to hear about that. But also, and I know you guys are mostly North Jersey, but oh, what a bagel in Bayville, New Jersey. Phenomenal. Um, the bagels are so good. They make a French toast bagel that my daughter's like, ah, because every time they're sold out, but <laughs> by the time she gets there, because she gets up so late. But anyway, love your your podcast. Uh, I think you got, you're pretty funny. Um, and I just love Jersey. So part of the best part about your podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you can give me some good suggestions for hard rolls. Bye. Suzanne, thanks. And if you're out there and you know where to find good hard rolls, those old school hard rolls used to get right at the uh, counter of any respectable deli in Jersey, let Suzanne know where the best hard rolls are, please. Because I want to know as well. Hard roll with butter. That's a, that's a real classic breakfast right there. So please, if you know a good place for a hard roll, classic old school style hard roll, let me know, let Suzanne know, whether that's a voicemail at 973-780-4660, a tweet or a comment over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Please let us know. Now, remember everybody, we'll see a lot of you in Asbury Park on December 26th for the second ever edition of New Jersey is the world live. But for now, let's transport you there via the magic of audio. And the via, via the magic of Don Finelli, who uh, will now review the great Porta of Asbury Park. Don Finelli, the Jersey dude reviewing Jersey food. What's up, buddy? So happy to be back. And Don, I got to tell you, I've noticed, 
I don't know if you've picked up on this because I, you know, I'm kind of the point guard passing the ball between all the shows, but these food reviews are finding their way. It, it, you know, it's an old cliche, but you find your way into people's hearts through the foods. The food reviews have become one of the more popular, the reliable people lock in, have opinions, express their opinions about the food reviews here. Mm. People look forward to these things. It felt like the bagel one. Yeah. For some reason, the bagel one, I noticed a tipping point where people started viewing this as this is a big, this is a big part of the New Jersey's the world puzzle for them. I hope you're not getting cocky knowing that you're now yeah. you're the golden child of the food reviews. No, quite the, quite the opposite. I'm pretty disengaged, uh, and I need to get engaged more with our audience. Because <laughs> when I go into my computer, because I'm not part of it, so I just kind of see, like, Laura's subscribe, my wife's subscribed, so she gets to see everything. So I'm, like, right. completely out of it, and I don't really go on social media anymore. So that's on me. And thank you for being more gay. And so I need to, I need to reciprocate. And uh, I take this very seriously, as people can definitely feel. I think for my uh, um, enthusiasm for talking about this stuff, and I, and I am very, and you know me, I'm always like, hey, let's do more to get people. I feel like my whole thing is like, let's do more to get people to feel like they're with us and engage with them, and and be as inclusive as possible. I, I really want to. I love to hear from people. I love good opinions, bad opinions. I never get offended with shit. I just love that stuff. So it's on me to engage a little bit more on our actual page. 100%. But there's also <laughs> something really beautiful about you are just this guy who goes out, yeah, eats food, uh-huh. has firm opinions on it, <laughs> you're completely untrained, but you clearly cook more than most of us, so it's like you exist in this middle ground between someone who should be talking about this stuff... Yeah. And, you know, there's like food reviewers who went to journalism school and then there's you and then there's me, you know, like we're, you're in the middle of that spectrum. And then and then you disappear into the ether until you come back to tell us Just about the next culinary wonder you've discovered. Yeah. And I'm very in like a big part of my like motivation is like I want people to engage, you know, like I want people to hear. I know in the the episode where we covered four different places, there was someone pointing out you know, you had this thing about people aren't putting any salt. I need more salt out here. It was a running thing. And then someone said, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, there was a comment that was like, I feel like I've seen so many cooking shows of recent times mm. where they slam people for having too much salt, where the guy was going, mm. I bet, I bet that there's a, I bet there's like a backlash. I bet there's a salt backlash and cook. I bet now people are, that's a trend. And I'm going, I wonder if that's true. I thought it was just a hell... Uh, that, that might be true. And I would almost saw the opposite, to be honest with you. I, I watched so many cooking shows and so many... A lot of competition cooking shows. And I feel... Especially Top Chef is like my big show that I watch. I've seen it f- since the inception of it every season. And I feel like people go home. I've seen a lot of unbelievable chefs go home where you just see the disappointment yeah. in like the judges where they're like, gotta salt your food. Like, you got to salt every aspect of your food. It doesn't mean you need to dump kosher salt on every ab- you know aspect. It means you need to bring out the flavors of this green to marry with the already salty, you know, supersat or whatever's with it. You know what I mean? Like, just because something is salty doesn't mean you don't salt something else. I love it. It's, you still need to bring out the – that is my either opinion or my knowledge of it. Like You need to bring out the flavors opinions. of each component so they marry together. You just need to know how much. So I think people go like, oh, you got to salt everything. So they salt every base la- la- layer of their – but you're trying to build flavors anytime you're cooking, whether you just start with oil, garlic, onions. You got your alliums or whatever the fuck. You're bringing out those flavors – so that starts it. Salt, salt those a little bit. You know, bring out those flavors a little bit. It brings out the water content, concentrates the flavor more. Then you put in the next layer. Salt that a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just building layers. Fuck you, Chris. Now, you mentioned you Top Chef. You mentioned I never cook. I mean, another yet another episode where I've recently eaten a microwave meal. So we sit down and You bastard. You don't own a microwave, right? I don't. No. Don, speaking of Top Chef, have we ever talked on the show about one of the great nights of our lives as friends? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't think we've talked about it. So we had a night, everybody. Where So there was this, I lived in Queens for a very long time. Don lived in Jersey for a very long time. And then when you first moved into the city, was it the first time you moved in with Laura? Yeah. Yeah. My first in roommate. And yeah. you were in, mm-hmm. I was you in were Williamsburg. Williamsburg mm-hmm. In the Italian and I section. I moved to Greenpoint right around the same time. Yeah. You moved to that Graham Ave section of Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And these apartments were walking distance to each other. And we were hanging out a bunch. And it was great. Mm-hmm. We're seeing each other yep. all the time. Yep. And then your apartment, it didn't work out, as New York apartments do not sometimes. Mm. You guys right. moved all the way down to South Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah, we moved. We moved to Brooklyn Heights, yeah. And it, for people who aren't New Yorkers who are listening, you might not know, like, that that would be like moving to a different town in a different way. Oh, like, totally. In oh, Jer- you know, to bring it to New Jersey terms, it would be like we both went from living in West Orange to all of a sudden I live in Montclair and you live in Livingston. It's like we're still yeah. <laughs> right there, but like it's a commitment. We're seeing each other less. Uh-huh. And it was a bummer. Yeah. It was completely a li- different uh, uh, subway lines. Yes. Like, yes. And weirdly enough, like all over the place, it's yeah. easier to just meet in Manhattan, like getting <laughs> from sections of yeah. Brooklyn to other sections of Brooklyn. Is such a big- just much easier to meet in Chelsea. <laughs> so there was a stretch. We were both out. I forget if we were doing shows if you did the Gethard show some night or we were both at UCB or something, but mm-hmm. I said, let me drive you home. Even though it was out of the way, it was like, we hadn't caught up in a while. Mm. And we both, te- I texted Hallie, you texted Laura cause we were both hungry. Yeah. And we got to your neighborhood and it was just straight up like what's still open. <laughs> and we did no research and went into this bar and the guy was like, Oh, I'm about to close the kitchen. But if you want to just sit at the bar, I can cook you some stuff personally. That's right. And then we're both sitting there and it dawns on us. This motherfucker, got pretty far in one of the seasons of top chef yeah. like two or three seasons ago this guy he didn't win yes but it was like one of those like richard blaze era like one of those yeah, like when yeah. that show i forgot dude i completely forgot about this and you're absolutely right yes and he started cooking us i'm trying to remember who the dude was yeah. i still ate meat then too and he started yeah. just random cooking stuff and then it turned out that he was a comedy fan and he had been to ucb a bunch and i knew he knew me from Cat, and i think he knew you yep. too mm-hmm. um yep. So we all just maybe why he kept things open. It it clearly became fun for him, and then he realized and fun for very fun for us. Well, for you, and for, it was fun for you to. I could tell he knew that you knew enough of what you were talking about. You realized he was going to answer all your questions, and I got to witness that. Mm-hmm. He was making us little toasts with spreads on them, where he's like whipping the spreads right in front of us, and it was clearly off menu shit. Yeah, and what a pleasant night that was. Yeah, so random, man. That's but that's New York in a nutshell, right? Like you just kind of it, st- it can go opposite too. You could go mm-hmm. into the wrong bar, <laughs> but oh uh, like- <laughs> yeah, or you can eat something. You can eat something, or it can go the opposite in the other ways too. Where I also once brought you to a bodega in Queens, where in the back of the yes. bodega you get some seafood that we'll I would say is some that. of the best seafood anybody's going to have. Unbelievably, a lot of ways, d- d- unbelievably delicious, and uh, similar places here in LA that I've discovered where it's like, oh, you're going to eat the best thing out of your of your life out of a styrofoam cup with a plastic fork. Get ready, motherfucker. Now, Don, this is a nice segue because. Top Chef represents chefs, mm-hmm. culinary excellence, yeah, an effort to raise the bar. Mm-hmm. And now this conversation does often extend to New Jersey. I know that um, the New York Times famously said that the best pizza in New Jersey is now in Jersey City. I believe it was Raza. Yep. It's the name of the place. Mm-hmm. Haven't been yet myself. Can't wait. Jersey City, big destination. When I get back, we, w- we should go. We should. Now, one place mm-hmm. we did go, though, is a place that is in that conversation, is in that sphere. No doubt. Me, you, and the rest of the New Jersey's The World Gang, before our first show in Asbury Park, we went to Porta. Mm-hmm. And if you know Porta, um, they have locations in Asbury Park, Montclair, Jersey City, and right on their website, the New York Times says, uh, let me find this. And let me correct you real quick. It, you guys went before the f- show. The, we also went before that. We went in March. Oh, we all yes, we all went and just, just hung to, out, just to try and just to see each there. other. That was the first time we all hung out together. That was the first time you met those mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eater says arguably the restaurant that turned the Asbury Park dining scene around. Mm-hmm. Um, and where's the new? There's a New York Times quote on here too. I found it. It says. Uh, Oh, it earned an excellent rating from the New York Times in 2013. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times says, Porta achieves a near miracle, making Italian Italian food, a culinary staple in the Garden State, seem fresh and new. It's, like, it's, a, it's such a great way to describe it. And that's exactly how it, I, I would describe it, too. So we've talked about Jimmy Buss on this show. We've talked about egg and cheese sandwiches on this show. And now we're going to talk about a place that's bringing the heat in a different direction. And we're showing another side of Jersey cooking here. So yeah. overall, Don, when we ate at Porta, what were your impressions? I was I was really blown away by um, the complexity of simple dishes. Best way I could put it, like there was so much flavor 
in really straightforward Italian classics that you would get. And there was more of like a, I would not say a Poulian spin on things, but things I grew up eating that were just elevated to a new level. For example, a side of broccoli rob. Now, most people would maybe pass on that. They think broccoli rob's bitter and it's an interesting green, more like a mustard green. Um, But what they did to it, I think it was with pistachios and capers and maybe like raisins, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just to put good broccoli rob dog. It was here's my review. That was good. <laughs> it was. Unbelie- you tell me why. <laughs> it was unbelievably good because of the complexity of the flavor. You have a really simple kind of quasi bitter green, and now you're balancing all these flavors with some sweetness and crunchiness. They hit all of the palate. They hit you know when you when you taste something now. The kind of, not cliche, but the kind of known thing in the culinary world where you're trying to have a bite of food or you're making a dish, you're trying to have some salt, you're trying to have some sweet, some sour, some crunch, you're trying to have the texture in there. You're trying to have this kind of marriage of of things that hit, hit, that hit different parts of your palate and then also kind of have that three-dimensional crunch factor, I would say, to it, some sort of texture. So you don't want anything to be all the same texture. There's, fuck, we do it all the time, but... When you vary up all those things and all those things are working in concert, you're going to have a en- somewhat enjoyable experience. There's, or automatically, you're ahead of the game. Uh, if the flavors are completely off and your textures and the kind of everything's working in concert, you're already ahead of the game a little bit. Obviously, you have to nail you know the amounts of things and all that stuff that comes into play. The balance of everything comes into play. Now, appetizers, since we're talking about them, another thing we did, you can get some mozzarella, you can get some rigat. Mm-hmm. Mozzarella, ricotta. Uh huh. Mozzarella, ricotta. Yep. Yep. House so, made. House made. They make house it there. Made. Mm-hmm. But let me put this out. Now that we're sitting here talking about it, I'm going, that Times review, you know, Italian food is a culinary staple in Jersey. They're not wrong. It's actually pretty bold to just say, we make our own mozzarella, $10, you can have some. We make our own ricotta, $10, you can have some. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of families who grew up on real shit with strong opinions. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to imagine at your dinner tables growing up, mm-hmm. if people brought bullshit ricotta cheese out or bullshit mozzarella out, yeah. there's a lot of families in New Jersey who grew up with strong opinions on what makes good cheese, especially these types of cheese. Pretty bold swing in Jersey to just offer those straight up. Weird weird uh, caveat to this, though, Chris, because I think a lot of North Jersey and Italian are just that area of Italians kind of grew up on polio. So polio. Okay. Okay. So the polio ricotta, like that container was such a staple. I feel if anybody's Italian American having that polio fucking ricotta on your table when you're having Sunday dinner is like, so comforting it's like lighting a fucking candle sure so there's not a pretentiousness about it. i don't think I there's a, also, i don't think there's a pretentiousness about it. the pretentiousness comes to your local deli who makes well i was just gonna handmade. say when you go to a cheese maker mm-hmm. or when you go to some place who's selling it as such if it's bullshit that's you're not gonna no that place is not gonna last no they're not getting a second chance i was no just way. gonna say no way if you try to sell you're not getting a second chance bullshit cheese at an italian no. deli in north jersey to italian americans no. and, and you you're saying it it's up. like homemade like hey this is our exactly. this is yeah. our because every deli you go to has a different flavored fucking mutz they have a different flavored gut they they there's something about like the milk that they're using and the way that they're preparing it that is no different than you know any other food out there but you can't Go, hey, part of our appetizer is going to be homemade mutz or homemade ricotta. I think we got both, didn't we? <laughs> we got both. I think you and my, I think we kind of realized, oh, which one should we get? And it, you and Mike D were talking, and, and like, you two, obviously, it's on record on the show, both come from Italian families. And it yeah. was just, you both kind of looked at each other and you were like, we're getting both. We yeah, got to try both. All it says on the menu, it says mozzarella or ricotta, made fresh deli, drizzled with extra virgin olive oil, coarse sea salt, and black pepper with sliced Italian bread. That Balls. is, Balls that right is an there. intentionally underwritten. Like, we're not pretending this is fancier than it is, guys. We're giving you some cheese, some oil, and some bread. How to come through. Uh, unbelievably well. It was warm. You know, it's like not hot, but it's just that warm, which kind of marries with the olive oil. You put, like, really good olive oil on semi-warm cheese like that, and they both just start fucking. They are loving each other. They both bring out their yeah. flavors just perfectly. 
you know, really good olive oil. You do not want to heat up that much. You don't want to cook with it. I'm glad to hear this. Because it starts to kind of destroy the flavor a little bit. It destroys, like, the floral side of things, I think. You're going to get more of the nutty side when you really heat things up. But if you get a really good olive oil, first of all, the test, which I've talked to you about and maybe folks about, but the test of really good olive oil, open this shit up, take it, and swig it. Drink it like like you like a swig of fucking cough syrup, and let it just go down your throat, and it should start. That's sw- not how most people drink cough. Most people pour cough syrup into the attached cup that comes over the cap. No, I swig it, baby. Um, so you swig it, let it drip down your throat, and it should start scratching the hell out of it. And the scratchier it is, the better the quality olive oil is. Like if smoking it's, a Newport. Yeah, if it's smooth, not good quality. It's it's been it's been uh, fucked with too much. There's been chemicals to like draw out the fucking olives. It destroys the actual flavor of it. So that's a good test of olive oil. You get like a really expensive or fancy olive oil as a gift. Open it up, take a swig of it, let it drip down your throat, and it should start scratch. It should like there should be a delayed scratchiness to it. And the more intense that is, the more intense the process was kind of getting real olives. I I might be pulling this out of my ass. I remember reading this somewhere, and it is very true. The quality of the olive oil, I can tell pretty fast. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's like you might want to go for a less intense flavored olive oil. I just feel like the quality of olive oil that you're getting And should, the olive oil here. The olive oil that came with our cheese. Scratch. Scratch your throat up? It, it's not going to scratch your throat up because you're not eating it by itself. Like, I'm not having like a swig of it. This is a but test. quality-wise. Quality-wise, unbelievable. No, they, they married perfectly together. They, they brought out their flavors awesome. Both the ricotta and, and the and the mutts. Uh, both nice and warm. Putting that on... Their bread is beautiful there. Their bread was really good, obviously. This isn't just kind of like an Italian place where they throw the white loaf down and... You know, which is always, like, awesome, too. <laughs> you know, just butter that up and it's good. But this was like... You could tell they thought of every aspect of their food. You could tell... Let's talk about the place. You walk in huge, and they have three locations. They're going to have three locations now. They have one in um, Asbury Park, I think is their first one. Then Jersey City, they have one. And now they're opening one in Montclair. Uh, oh, so that one's not open yet. I don't think it's open yet. Um, as as of this, as of December, I don't. I do not think it is open. Um, well, I do have to go on record and say I've expressed versions of this before. Whenever any restaurant expands to Montclair, as an Essex County guy, I have some preconceived concerns that now things are getting too pretentious. That is just because all of Essex County views Montclair both as our sort of crown jewel that we hold up as our artsy hub, as well as a place that we are wary of because they think they're better than the rest of us. This 100%. is just part of growing up in Essex County. That's, that's on me. Yep. That's not on Porta. Yep. That's on me. That's right. on me. Right. Everybody in Essex County both idolizes Montclair and shops there and goes out to dates there and is also very wary mm-hmm. of what they think of the rest of us. Yep. So that's on me. Yeah. I got to get over this Montclair thing. I don't think you ever no, will. It's a lifetime. A that's lifetime. Just, that, that's just me. Let's just let's just slow down a little bit, Chris, and kind of go over what we got. We got a shit ton of appetizers uh, for the five of us. Okay, so we really yeah. tried a lot of things, and let's go over it. And I didn't even talk about my favorite thing, which I made the other night. I stole it from them. Oh, and so we can get into this. The uh, the acorn was it a root squash. Vegetable. The acorn I was going to say man. Um, that thing was nuts. Let's go over what we. I, I, I okay, so. We should say, Mighty brought a recorder and we recorded like our almost our whole conversation. And I kind of went over, hey, we're getting X, Y, and Z. So their menu changes, which is always a good sign. They're going to keep their staples on their menu, but you want a really good place to change their menu because it's going to be seasonal. They're going to kind of right. be testing stuff out. So it's always appreciative of a, a restaurant that does that. So some things are still on there, which should be because they were fucking lights out awesome. Uh, and some things are not. So I see pictures of what we got um i think you're gonna have to help me out a little bit on the pizzas that we got i think we got like four or five pizzas we got a bunch of them we got a bunch of them i think we have um, four pizzas and maybe like a calzone yeah the audio got corrupted so we yes. lost it so we lost it so we're, we're going we'll, but we remember most of what we got so let's go over the appetizers and my opinion on all this shit honestly is i'm going Port is good. Yeah, that's yeah, the my whole time. Opinion. The whole time is like you got to go to this place. 100%. So I like hearing you dive into what you liked about things specifically, but I'm just like that was all good. Yeah. Now don't let me forget when we're done discussing the food. I do want to talk to you about Porta's kind of cultural reputation that I've noticed. Get your opinion on that, but we'll do that later. Let's just go over uh, 
what we got for appetizers, what we remember. I remember we getting yeah. arancini, like the fried rice balls, right? Oh, yeah. We got some of those. We got both mutz and regut separately. Yeah. We got broccoli rob. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we also got Brussels sprouts. That sounds right. We got a, we got a thing of Brussels sprouts, which I think was the least impressive, although very good because everything else was insanely good. And, well, this, and then the star, Brussels sprouts is also a thing now you can get at any halfway hip sure, restaurant. Sure, I think like Brussels sprouts. Yeah, like quality hipster Brussels sprouts. Yeah, and I'll, I'm going to go over specifically why they were good, but maybe not as great as everything else. And still mm-hmm. top notch. It's because everything else was superb. So the last thing I'm pretty sure we got for um, appetizer was this acorn squash. So we should let everybody know they have two huge uh, stone uh, ovens there that they're making yeah. pizzas in. But they're also throwing other things in there. It's not just pizza stones, right? It's not just a pizza oven. Um, they have these huge, like Neapolitan style ovens, maybe three of them. If my memory serves me correct, I, I, maybe two or three of these things, this acorn squash, what they did was, that was fucking insane. That ac- the acorn squash was fucking nuts. It's my favorite thing by far. My favorite thing by, but broccoli rob was close second, but like everything was good. Uh, but this acorn squash kind of blew me away because I've just never seen anything like it. First of all, acorn squash, you can eat the whole thing. If you roast it really well, you can eat the skin, and that adds like a nice texture to this. So what they did was they cut the top off, kept the acorn squash whole, just sitting on its, you know, just sitting upright, took out the seeds, you know, scooped it out so there's this like whole. Then they added regut, Calabrian chili honey, and extra virgin olive oil, and that's it. And they fire roasted the bastard. So they put it in the fucking fire roasted oven. And dude, like I couldn't stop eating this fucking thing so much so that I made it the other night. I added something you else. Did? I didn't. And let me be clear, just yeah. to reiterate to anybody who's going, cause I read all the things that come with it. I figure this is a glaze or a dipping sauce or something with, no, the squash was filled with the cheese and the honey and all the stuff. But not and then ostentatiously, they not ostentatiously. No, it's they just, cooked it in, they cooked it inside it. It the was squash was the container. My guess is they roasted, they scooped it out and they roasted, fire roasted this thing, maybe put a little honey, something on it to really char it up a little bit first. Yeah. Then put in the regut, then kind of throw it back in the oven for another like two minutes probably, took it out and then just sprayed it with that Calabrian chili honey. And that Oof. combination blew me away. I just could not stop eating this thing with bread. They give you a little you're bread like with kind it. kind of a moto da fama about it. Uh, a little moto da fama. Did I fama. use that right? You did. You're, you're, All right. I was I'm 100% the moto da fama No, about it. Because, you seen because me people were eating it, and I just kept going back to it. We me passed it around. Cheese. God and damn, then I couldn't I, stop. I just kept eating it. So uh, that, that was probably my favorite thing. I made it the other night, like two nights ago, and I stuffed it with... Um, I found a recipe for... Uh, uh, you make... I had a lot of kale from the farmer's market. So I just mixed like kale and I had um, uh, Beyond Meat. Uh, So I made a vegetarian version and mixed in peppers, onions, um, made this like nice sauteed, almost ground beef like mixture. And then I put that in. So I roasted them first, then put mixed in ricotta with that mixture. uh, And then scooped that into... Into an acorn squash. Into an acorn squash put ricotta back on top of it to kind of use as a top and then ro- further roasted it. Now, Don... It was amazing. How often does that happen that you eat something... Like this, you went 3,000 miles back to LA and the idea of using the acorn squash as the delivery device for cooking all your other ingredients, that's like... Yeah. That's like a tribute. That's like a thing where you walk away and you go, this is now a thing I'm going to try doing. This might wind up in my regular rotation. Yeah, that happens often. I would say I'm so... I mean, I get... I mean, can you tell? I mean, I get inspired by this shit. This is an aspect of my life that I really enjoy. I love cooking. I love experimenting. I like kind of fucking up and just trying stuff. I don't really cook anything the same way twice. I don't have recipes, mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. I just kind of go off the cuff and, and do it because I kind of know my way around. But this was like, I got an acorn squash Every two weeks, we get a farmer's market kind of like box to support local farmers around us. And 
they had this huge acorn squash in there. And I was like, fuck, I can stuff this thing. Cause I saw this separate thing for like a sausage and, um, uh, kale thing. And I was like, I could stuff that son of a bitch in there. Um, so, and then I had some beyond meat. So I was like, well, I don't have sausage. I have some beyond meat that I was going to use in this vegan stuffing. I was making for Thanksgiving. Uh, this is nuts. Yeah. Our, our brother-in-law's or future brother-in-law's brother is uh, him and his wife are vegan. So I was like, I still made like a turkey breast, but a lot of our sides were vegan. So it was a really fun challenge uh, to do, uh, to make a banging fucking stuffing with, but I forgot the Beyond Meat. So anyway, uh, I was going to put Beyond Meat in there because I usually put breakfast uh, sausage in my stuffing. Anyway, tangent. Uh, yeah, this, this was shit was good. So that, those were our appetizers and they were all <laughs> yeah, banging. Yeah, this shit was good. Loops back around to, yeah, this shit was good. The, now, the Brussels sprouts were good. They fire roasted I wanted, them. I just wanted to ask, I just wanted to ask so many glowing things about like the intricacies of their broccoli rabe, which is usually simple. This acorn squash, which it all came out and we're all looking at it going, this is not even what I thought this was going to look like. Yeah. So what about the Brussels sprouts? Let's be frank, underwhelmed a little bit comparatively. They're setting the bar high. It was the, the, the bar was too high because of the amount of depth of flavor, I would say, uh, and the levels of flavor in a lot of their other sides. Even their arancini was like, hey, this is just rice balls, right? No, there's other shit in them and the San Marzano tomato sauce that came. Everything was like, rice balls. everything was They're really well good. thought. That's thought. my review. Yeah, really good fucking good, balls. man. I think this was just a straightforward, hey, we got this and it, it felt a little um, underthought. That's all. Comparatively to how much thought and effort was put into other things, this was just like, you're going to get some fire roasted. Um, I think it had some other things with it i just think comparatively flavor wise it was the depth of flavor what didn't blow us away as much as it did it just felt a little bit more straightforward that's all but let's be clear like if you went to brunch in brooklyn (laughs) or montclair or red bank or any of the shishi towns where you get a brunch these days and you got these brussels sprouts as part of a brunch you'd be psyched totally that's what they were they were like very good brunch brussels sprouts but But comparatively that broccoli rob i was like oh what is we couldn't stop eating. Even the broth that the broccoli rabe was in had so much flavor. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it was so, there was so many levels of flavor and so many balance of things. Just putting nuts and raisins with a bitter green. Mm-hmm. And it and the, and the broccoli rabe wasn't even that bitter. They probably flashed that, you know what I mean? To, to really make your broccoli rabe not bitter, you want to, I never do it, but like you want to cook it and then like ice bath it. Um, to kind of stops the cooking and, you know. It does some other things, keeps the crunchiness and all that stuff. I like it. I like it a little bitter. I like it a little overcooked. That's kind of how I grew up eating it. So it's just the taste is a little bit more appealing to okay. me. Okay. Okay. But like, no, it's kind of no different than when you're cooking like string beans or something like that, where you're like, the ideal way to cook these is, you know, you yeah. kind of steam them or you boil them or you cook them. You flash boil them for a minute. You take it out and throw it into an ice bath. So you're going to have nice, still crunchy, but you know, tender uh, greens. Uh, but I'm like, I'm not filling up a fucking bowl of ice water. I'm not wasting my ice to put in my greens. Let me just cook these things. I'll have them a little soggy. I don't give a shit. It's okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> so we- is, I'm really loving this episode because it's turning out that it's like, it is, it is a very well thought out chef's take on Italian food that is working mm-hmm. and like the time said and that you agreed with like culinary staple in New Jersey Italian food new take on it but then all your reviews keep turning into how you cook things yeah and what you grew up with in a way that I think is actually quite charming in its own right and I feel like is very appropriate for our show okay with the Jersey focus you let I, me know I if I'm getting it. off on too many tangents no I love I love hearing that you're like I don't have the fucking time or energy to do an ice bath I'll just eat my greens a little bitter that's how we yeah. grew up on them we also eat poly, like I know good cheese and every family knows good cheese but we eat the polio too it's just you, mm-hmm. you need to know what you're getting yeah there's a time and like place that, for it that is what no other food review show is gonna have which is how does someone who grew up in a North Jersey Italian family interact with this sort of like fancy Italian food in Santa yeah, Porta? Yeah, and, I, and, and would you call would you call this fancy Italian food? Is the question Porta? I would say that. Well, depends on how you want this episode to go because I'm gonna I'll bring something else up now because here's what everybody can tell right away: Porta is good, mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. I would say great. 
I would say if someone was coming in from out of state and said, bring me to a place that you think Jersey's doing right, where I'm going to feel like I'm getting some Jersey stuff, but it's also going to blow my mind, I would say Porta is right there at the list of a place I might take them. And then we walk around the boardwalk afterwards Mm -hmm. and they get to see cool ass Asbury Park, the modern Asbury Park. Porta's like on the list. It's both for real what I love about Jersey, but also if I want to impress you and I don't want the comments about dirty Jers tonight, Uh if I want to change your mind about Jersey, Porta's great. And the pizzas are great too. Baseline review, everybody. And there's one pizza I got to talk about. Yeah, yeah, because we, I think we it. got four or five, and and I had and to, there was you have one to that me. I had some issues with. Yeah, uh, but before we get to that, Don, here's the thing, though. I don't know how much this factors into a food review, but this show it's part of a larger umbrella about the culture of New Jersey. Asbury Park was abandoned mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Never went. It was a. It was a scary town. Never, we yeah. used to go to shows down there, Stone Pony, Asbury Park Convention Center. Yeah. It was, you park your car, you get to the show, you're done, you get back to the car. You went there out of respect for Bruce, that's about it. And you went there because there was cool stuff going on uh-huh. at the Asbury Lanes, mm-hmm. but the boardwalk was largely abandoned outside of that one Howard Johnson's that stayed open forever. Um, a lot of the scenes in The Wrestler in those abandoned buildings, those were in Asbury Park. Mm-hmm. And, look, and th- there were people fighting for the place and who lived there, grew up there. And I'm not trying to discount them. I'm not trying to just say like, oh, it's fucked up. Forget about it. I'm saying there was corruption. Yeah, a lot of complex history there. A lot. There were riots. There was racism. There was a lot of it. Now things are moving back. Mm-hmm. Swinging back so hard. And the past few years, I think it's unquestionably become, unquestionably become the coolest place in New Jersey. I was blown away when I went back. Everybody blown loves away. Asbury Park. You meet, blown away. It's right in the middle of the state. You know, if you got friends who live further down south, you can meet right at Asbury Park. It's perfectly located to catch up. Like, if you got a bunch of friends you went to college with spread out throughout New Jersey, it's a perfect place to go throw down. There's bars. There's food. The beach. The beach. <laughs> um, and it's like, but... Little lake there. It's also now starting to become a little unaffordable. Mm. Condos are starting to run a little roughshod. Yeah. And I do notice there's a little bit of a dialogue. Because Porta, I don't know if you know this, Don, at night, apparently on certain nights, on weekends, it closes down and just becomes a club. Mm. But not like, that's the building. By the way, did you know that is the building where Bruce met Clarence Clemens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just listened listened to the audio book (laughs) of Bruce Springsteen's. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah. So like, this is a place with some history, but it becomes like, like, I think it's a place where people go and hook up. Uh huh. And I think people are well-dressed and they wear their fancy clothes. Hmm, interesting. So I think there's a it's little got the space bit, for it. Very cool space for it. It does. But there's also a big cultural question where I think there are a lot of people now who go, Porta was early and a big kid on the block, but now there's places that feel like maybe they don't turn into a dance club that's, I have not been, but I've heard some comments from people who say it gets a little cheesy at night and that maybe it has led the charge into overdevelopment. Mm. And is it mm. is it a little bit of a place that culturally now is dragging Asbury Park past a tipping point, which is not something we expect to get into on Jersey Dude Reviews Jersey Food. Only natural and unavoidable. Right? Only natural and unavoidable, I think. Anytime some hop in place is like, God, we found the right balance and we brought something back to life. And you got to go like, what does that mean? Does that mean economically you brought things back to life? Is it just better for white people? Is it that, you know what I mean? There's, when things gentrify, you're also killing and hurting some things and also helping. And, you know, there's, there's a weird kind of balance. I think they struck the balance and it's only natural for any place that gentrifies or gets that good balance of, Hey, this seems like a good place for everybody. Or at least there's an opportunity for it to be a good place for everybody. If you give it a chance. It's only natural to start the momentum to keep pushing to greedy people. And what happens with greed is we can make money from this and we can make money from people liking something and they're going to jump on board. And if you have money, you know how to make more money. And it's usually in real estate and it's usually in now pandering. You know, you're going to see start places start popping up yep. that will start pandering a little bit more where it's like, oh, we already have like, uh, you know, and and maybe you'll see other more not celebrity chefs, but bigger chefs open a place around 
so yeah, sometimes it gets a little overcrowded and the momentum shifts a little bit too much to like, oh, we lost the balance of this. This is now kind of it, it, its heads getting up its own ass a little bit. And now, and I'm not, I don't know if that's the case, yes or no, but the reason I brought this up now instead of later is because, you know, we were kind of saying, going back to that quote, Italian food in Jersey, culinary staple, Porto's got a new take. You had asked me some version of, I forget the exact quote, people can go back, but just go and like, do you think that's true? Is this an extension of Italian Jersey culture, which you grew up mm-hmm. in, and I, because I grew up where I did, with an Italian-American best friend, I sit here, I go, some of the, Don, some of the best days of my childhood were when my buddy, Anthony Mania, when I'm hanging out at his house on Maple Street, and his mom, Diane, who helped raise me, leans over and goes, hey, if you want to stay for dinner, mm. Joe's mom is here and she's cooking meatballs and gravy. Mm-hmm. And I just go, fuck. <laughs> I'm running to the phone going, Ma, did you start cooking anything yet? Good, don't. Yeah. And she got it. So you'd yeah. be like, bring me some home. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think about my friend Anthony and his grandma who passed away. Sad, sad thing. Yeah. And I think about her and who she was. And she was a character. She was a character. Mm-hmm. If I brought her to some of the other legendary Jersey pizza places, if mm-hmm. I brought her to the Star Tavern, mm-hmm. she'd have a grand old time. Mm-hmm. Reservoir Tavern in Booton, one of my favorite places too. Mm-hmm. I bet she'd love it. I can't mm-hmm. speak for her. I mean, she was my friend's grandmother. I'm not going to pretend that mm-hmm. I knew her backwards and forwards, but I'm just saying my assumption. Santillo's and Elizabeth where I've gone where you walk down this maniac's driveway mm-hmm. and you go into his house you, she'd get she'd, she'd think it was unusual but get a kick out of it I think I know where you're going with this Chris because I didn't know where the fuck you were going with this now I think I know where you're going with this Porta I don't know if she'd want to spend an evening there I understand what you're saying because I think I, I'm going to counter that I, I think you're right but you tell you know what I I mean you know better than I do. I think you what you're saying Italian is American, it could be is a an little... Italian American Jersey family going to walk in there and go, this place feels a little. I don't know if I want to say the word pretentious, but like a little bit far away. If we're eating Italian, why yeah. are we eating fancy, expensive Italian like this? And I'll, I'm, I'm wondering. Gonna, I'm going to counter. I think what you're saying is, and I'm going to say this, which I truly believe. I don't think they're trying too hard. Meaning, mm-hmm. in a good way. I think they really are concentrating on elevating classic dishes, using really good ingredients. You know what I mean? Um, I, it didn't seem pretentious to me. I think it can err on the side of, um, yeah, maybe a little, uh, what's the word? Adventurous, but... I think that's a good thing to push um, known food, classic food, and just give it a little zhuzh. It's got to be really good. It, you can't just be like, you know, throwing, um, uh, you know, making fancy shit, you know, with smoke coming out of it and, you know, fancy cocktails and all that stuff. Like that, I didn't get that sense. I got the sense where it's like, People eat broccoli rob. Let's make the best fucking broccoli rob we can. People like arancini. Yes. Let's make the best version we can. Yes. Here's what we always thought was wrong with this. Not that there's something wrong with it, but I think maybe that's what people get uh, caught up with. They think the chef's gone, this, part of this was wrong, so I'm going to make it better. And that, that word wrong is in their head. I think they go, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just, can we make this better? Right? right, I think people that come right. from a traditional place go. What's wrong with it that you had to go and do this, this, and that with it? You're judging me, and it's like, no, you fucking psycho. Someone that's creative, no different than I would say, uh, bagels by Jarrett. Someone's going, yeah, great comparison. Right, great someone's comparison. just going. You guys like this, right? I think I can make this even better, and then we go. Yes, you did. Or no, fuck you. You're too pretentious. And I think there's a real fine line. And I think they made it better. I think Porta made it better. I think almost everything I ate, 
I was like, this is elevated. This is interesting. I think when you get Neapolitan style pizza, meaning it's going into a Neapolitan oven, it's smaller. It's a little bit quote unquote fancier, although Neapolitan is the opposite of that. It's like throw tomatoes and mutts and good olive oil and fresh basil. Let's get the fuck out of here. I think that gets lost sometimes when people are making real Neapolitan pizza in the States. Um, I think whenever you see that, you think fancy. You, it goes, oh, this is $20 instead of 10 And I, I, I could see how that's a turnoff a little bit. But it's really fucking good. Well, it's. It, I guess it's bringing into light a, a, a broader cultural question, too, because I'm sitting here going... Again, there's also the part of me that's like, oh, I don't trust Montclair, right? Like it ties yeah, into that. Yeah. And there's a Jersey attitude of second best where I go, we do, think about the foods we crush harder than anybody. Mm-hmm. It's pizza, bagels. it's bagels, mm-hmm. it's hot dogs, Diner it's food. diners, mm-hmm. it's working class food. Mm-hmm. We're the people who live outside the city mm-hmm. and make our money because Philly and New York are right there, and that means there's so many opportunities. Yeah. And that is culturally a chip on the shoulder, where I almost feel like, I want to call my shot right now and say, you know who we need to talk to? We need to talk about the state of fine dining in New Jersey, because Porta is approaching that. There's places like 90 Acres uh, in Somerset County, which yeah. is on land that used to be owned by a king of Morocco, I believe. Yeah. There's Jockey Hollow in Morristown, and, and yeah. there's places starting to get Michelin stars. Yeah, and yeah. It's Robbie Felice's places and Westwood and Wayne. Yeah. I feel like me and you should do a special episode where it's me and you asking Peter Genovese about when you look at food in New Jersey, I bet I'm not the only one where it goes, oh, you want to have a dance club at night? This is a little bit on them and a little bit on me where I immediately go, well, what's your fucking problem? Like, <laughs> why do you need to get that fancy? And that's some Jersey grit, but maybe some Jersey insecurity too. I, I, but I don't even, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't even see that as like fancy having a club there at night. I just see that as another opportunity to use the space. Like, right? I, I feel like I'm in a big defense of Porta here because I'm like, listen, so the fucking person went, I'm not going to use polio. I'm going to, I'm going to make my own regret. I'm going to make my own. You should, we should be loving this. We should be loving that, uh, that, that someone take is taking Italian American food and looking at every aspect of it and going, how do I make the best version of yes. every aspect yes. of this food, then put it all together. And I think that takes time and thought. Yes, it can err on the side of pretentiousness. I think a chef and we've seen it, I think cause we've seen it over and over again, a chef get it puts his head up his or her own ass and loses sight of what they're actually doing. No different than musicians, uh, no different than any other creative that just kind of starts blowing themselves at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you have to have this weird combination of confidence and hating yourself and thinking you're shit. And you're constantly surprising yourself as a, as an artist because you're like, I don't think I'm good enough to do this. And then you just say, fuck it and do it. And it gets a reaction and it's either good or bad and rinse and repeat that. Right. So, yeah, there's a fine line with pretentiousness. I think if you're, yeah, going into your local, there's something to be said about a star tavern, though. Right. There's some beauty in that. There's some beauty in like this. You know what you're getting here. We've talked about that so much, but I sit here and I go, why is my instinct always to cling to that vibe and distrust the intentions of people who want to be different than that in a way I might view as fancy? Because you're punk rock, baby. That's you but and your heart. But it's, I'm opposite. It's punk rock I'm not punk, and it's man. Jersey. I'm but, music. You, but you know what I mean too in Jersey. Like Yeah, specifically in a place that like kind of prides itself on in your face food. But like look at other states though, I'd say. I just yeah. think we're lucky. I think every state I'm realizing this is this is on me. This is a blind spot I, on me. I, I think but you're 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 talking to a lot of folks, and I think a lot of folks feel this, and I don't think it's New Jersey specific. I think it's like you're going to Chicago. You want the working class food there. You're going to right. Ca- you're going but to I, L.A. You want the working class food in L.A. You don't want the fancy shit. Like it's the good stuff. I just know a lot of my friends, specifically in the punk scene, who have hung out in Asbury Park for years, roll their eyes at Porta. Interesting. I've, I, Porta comes up, and and those are the people who I've seen. Like, oh right, that and that's why all the I get it. That's why all the get uh, people get babysitters and go out dancing. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's where you that's where you go like. That's oh, that's where you're going to hook up on a Friday after you've had your yeah. pizza. What's wrong? I, I, but to me, my counter would be like, so exactly, 
Exactly. It's that chip on the shoulder in Jersey that drives so much of the greatness of the state, but also some of the self-defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's a... And I got to get out of my own way on that. That's why it's a beautiful... It's a, it's a self-hating state. I mean, it's, I think it's the best version of that, which is like, we're going to go punk rock as much as possible, look down on people, but then we get up. No different than a chef that's being a little too pretentious with his head up his own ass. No different than you being with your head up on your own ass with trying to stay too punk rock and not being open-minded. I think you're a very open-minded person. Yeah. And I'm not saying you in general. I'm saying you in the sense of people that but are- But I've gotten in my own way. You, how, Don, we've been friends for so how many years? And how many times have you seen me get in my own way because of that specific thing? Oh, oh, over and over and over again, definitely. And I'm not saying that negatively, but that's just a part of your personality. And yeah. I would have a lot more emotional security and financial security in my life if I could remove the need to be... The times that I've tried to maintain some sort of ethics when no one else gave a shit yeah, and I invented it in my own mind... It's remarkable how much of a repeating pattern that is. Anyway, let's review. I can't believe where this went. We didn't even get to the this fucking piece. This got philosophical. Pizza. It got let's weird just, and very listen, beautiful. We got like 10, 15 minutes left. Yeah. Let's talk about some pizzas. It, whatever you remember, because I, I think the pizzas Here's have changed, but I remember. I want to I want to dive into the thing I think we're going to most talk most about. Because first of all, we ordered a bunch. There were a bunch of, I was not the only vegetarian there. Mm-hmm. So we had a bunch of veggie options. We had more vegetarian options yep. than, than not. I think yeah. you guys got one meat. We got one meat, and I think it was the 14 and a half with with the uh, hot supersad on it. I was going to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Every pizza I had was great. Yes. There was one we got Mm -hmm. called the Porta Porta, Mm -hmm. listed as a folded pizza. Yep. And we got that. And I feel like, let's just say all the pizzas were great and fit the, people are going to hear. I think it fits the bullet points of what we said, which is, they are doing something simple like pizza with really well thought out game plans and quality ingredients. Those things all hold true, like we've said about everything else. That folded pizza was weird and it needed an instruction manual. Yeah. None of us knew how to eat the fucking thing. And yeah. they named it Porta Porta, so they're 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 waving their flag on that one. And none of us it was like sort of a calzone, but not and then at the tail end of the meal. Yeah. I forget which one of us was like, Oh wait, I think you're supposed to like dip yeah. F- like flip it and dip it like mm-hmm. this, and we yeah, all like, it was a calzone. I mean, to me, it was like just just name it a calzone and and put some really good sauce on the side and let's dip this thing and and get on with it. Yeah, it was a little. It was cute. Like it was a little bit cute. Yeah, what's uh, isn't a folded pizza a calzone? Like in my head, I'm like, isn't what's the difference? And maybe maybe I'm just ignorant or I'm just like that's what it is, right? You fold the, a pizza over and, and now you, you got a bunch of grown men staring at this thing, figuring out yeah yeah how do you eat this thing yeah. Yeah, I wasn't as upset as you, but yes, it was. It was still very good. <laughs> I felt like it. I felt like I was trying to put together IKEA furniture. While yeah, I yeah. The experience pizza. of it was a little like maybe not off-putting, but like what do we? Do? A little confusing, maybe. Um, yeah, and also for warning for anybody getting it because it still tasted good, but it was harder good. to figure out. And when you order that one, it's less servings. Yeah, because it folds over. I think it's only four slices ultimately. Yeah, it looks a little smaller. Then obviously it looked a little smaller mm-hmm. everything else i was just like let me keep trying unbelievably good this is great yeah, just and really like you good. said seasonal ingredients shift so even naming the specific pizzas we had we had like a uh, white pizza with um with with brussels sprouts on it i'm pretty sure uh we had the arugula pizza we had the arugula pizza was just like san marzano mutz garlic arugula i think truffle oil mm-hmm. on there i'm not a huge truffle oil fan and this was good balance of that I, I, I don't like truffles i don't understand them uh don't get me fucking started with truffles but this was actually enjoyable uh i think w- the meat eaters like myself got for uh, the 14 and a half which was awesome it, it was really san marzano's mutz regut hot supersad calabrian chilies oregano extra virgin olive oil uh unbelievably good just a real nice bite of pizza um hot super sad on on a pizza you know sign me up uh and i think we got like another white pizza i don't know if it was the cabanara one because that had guanachale on it but uh i thought we also just got a margarita was i wrong on that i believe we did and and i'm just saying everything we had was good like five or six fucking people we went nuts man and we had a lot of their wine was delicious the thing that we didn't get was like their meat dishes obviously because we had a lot of veggies uh uh, but uh we didn't get any of their pastas pastas. yeah that was the one thing we didn't we didn't dive into and and the next time i go there um maybe we can go before next show i would love that you know like let's i would love to try their eggplant parm 
I'm a huge Milanese fan. So, no, but Don, I'm looking at the pasta menu they have right now, and again, it all seems well. It all changes because it's seasonal, but. Don, I'm looking at this pasta menu, and granted, we did not have this. There is one item on here that they had to have made up. Yeah. I refuse to believe this is a real thing. Do you know which item I'm looking at on their current menu as we record this that has to be made up? Gorgonzooch? There is no way Gorgonzooch is a thing. Yeah, I don't... Have you ever heard of Gorgonzooch? No, but I, I have not. But yes, that has to be just gorgonzola cream, arugula, parm. You're good. Black pepper. Okay, yeah, that only comes up in relation to Porto. When it's kind of like Google a carbonara with Gorgonzooch. Like yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks, and, and I love the underneath it, Bootsin. Bootsin. The Orichiette. Yeah. Which is like what I grew up eating, the uh, Poulian style. That's why I was like, there's Poulian aspects of this. I like Big Broccoli Rob is Poulian, Orichiette these Poulian, right, with the sausage. and But this is like sausage, cherry peppers, olives, man. I would definitely give this a go. They have gnocchi there. Dude, I was they just going like to say. They- wild boar ragu. They got the good stuff. They got risotto. I mean, we got we got to try We got to try the pasta, man. There's a bunch of stuff that has like complex ingredients that I'm sure is amazing. But just to read that they have a gnocchi with with ragout and vodka sauce. Yeah, very, very interesting. That's got to be so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in, and I want to try it. So we got about like five, four or five pizzas. They were all really good. The port to port, the full to pizza is a calzone, and it was a little confusing. Um, and and it's, I think, it, did it come with dipping sauce? I forget if it came. It with, came with a uh, dipping yeah. sauce. It came with the marinara, right or no? I don't know how to explain this folded pizza except to say that I might be real dumb, but I don't think I'm the only one at the table that was like. How's that a pizza? And is, am I supposed to eat it in some specific way? Yeah. But I also just might be dumb. And maybe I was feeling insecure. I think you were dumb and feeling insecure a little bit. I don't think it was as like confusing. Just, I was just like, oh, this is weirdly named. This is a calzone and this is fine and very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but overall, I mean, the food is fantastic. And yeah. I kind of love that we, to think about how Jersey doesn't tout its fine dining to think about how maybe there's a resistance to pretension that might cross over into some self-defeat yeah. about our cul- culinary potential here. It's in totally the fair. It's totally fair. And it's a really awesome conversation to have. I think there's a fear sometimes, and I think there's a looking down on. And I think it's like, it's so weird because I feel like a lot of, I want to say New Jerseyans are open-minded. I just think we deal with a lot of shit. You know, like whatever kind of comes our way, we deal with stuff. So maybe it's like less open-minded and more like adaptable. Um, so I'm always like, give this shit a try. And I'm always like, let's celebrate people that are trying to elevate things that you grew up with. Like change is okay. Uh, they're not, this guy's not putting sushi on pizza. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no, uh, Wiley Dufresne shit going on here. This is pretty straightforward. Uh, he's making really good Italian food. (laughs) There's a phrase I grew up with and I'm realizing that it's closed minded. Mm -hmm. But when I was a kid, at least in West Orange, growing up in the section of town I did, there was a phrase of like, yeah, what are you talking, that's for city people. Mm-hmm. That's for city people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm realizing is, do I have this thing in me that goes, is Porto like, is that for city people? You see the people that are eating it are a little bit more highfalutin and really like yeah. feeling special about themselves because they think they're getting treated well or whatever. They're like, oh, I'm... I'm but it's privy good to fucking broccoli rob. It doesn't mean that the person behind it that's making it. it. Fuck who's eating it. Who's making it is the question. That's true. Fuck who's writing about it. Fuck, fuck us who's for writing, talking about fuck it. Fuck talking? whoever shows up at the door except you, because they will put a fucking acorn squash in front of you when you bite into it. You'll go, holy shit. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. And I've that's learned right. a lot today, Don. Hey, that's good. And now I want to learn... I want to learn a little bit more about you, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. I want to ask you a question, because this has been on my mind. Yeah. Let's say that you fall into a new type of artistry, maybe marionettes. Maybe you're really good at marionettes and mm-hmm. you're a very extroverted guy now, but maybe you become a little bit sort of introverted. You wear like glasses and sweaters and trying to figure out how to like show off these marionette skills, which aren't exactly like lauded or is in demand. And I forget exactly how. But this leads to you being trapped in John Malkovich's body, almost like you're being John Malkovich, even though you're mm-hmm. not, you're Don Finelli. Mm-hmm. But if you were being John Malkovich, not in your own body, your mind, in the body of John Malkovich, mm. traveling, you know, maybe even in a scenario where you get dumped out onto the side of the New Jersey Turnpike when you 
are ejected from John Malkovich and then you find your way back. And if, if I remember right, you, then you try to find your way back into John Malkovich because you kind of get into being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. If you're walking around as Don Fidelli's mind in John Malkovich's body, mm-hmm. what do you order at the River Edge Diner knowing your tastes might be different than those of John Malkovich's physical tastes? If I'm somebody else, I'm ordering something I never ordered before. And I'm going to say this out loud. I'm saying I'm going to probably order steak and eggs. (laughs) My jaw dropped. People can't see it, but my jaw dropped. At the diner. Yeah, I think so. There's just something about being like, I would never do this, but if I'm in someone else's body, I always wanted to try this and they have to deal with this. So if I can taste it, but then it's just still John Malkovich experiencing it. Steak and eggs, baby. I always wanted to try and I never have. No, wait. I'm a little shocked you've never tried it because it seems like a thing you... Not for a long time, you know, like... <laughs> for a long, long time. Like when I was a teenager, probably. Not for like 25 years, Steak though. Steak and eggs. Is that... I guess that's kind of a, like... That's a heavy meal. That's kind of a decadent thing, huh? I don't think that's a diner thing either. I feel like that's more of like a Midwestern thing or like a Waffle House situation. But they probably have it at the River Edge Diner, right? They absolutely do. I think it's a, it's a staple breakfast meal now in america so it's like get your steak and eggs and how they do it and what steak they're using is also an interesting thing so sometimes you know and your better diners will maybe use a better cut of meat and your shittier diners maybe not so much and both are valid and great yeah i don't know why my mind went i was like if i'm john malkovich god damn do i want to try some steak and eggs because i'm I'm a different person yeah that's where my my, mind and do you think malkovich would want to drink yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would get definitely weirdly. Oh, what a bad pairing, though. God, my instinct goes, oh, I was going to say a chocolate milk, but it's either that or a cherry Coke. You know, either of those. Uh huh. Because it's nothing, either, both of those don't totally make sense with steak and eggs. But again, yeah, I am not me. Chocolate milk and steak and eggs is <laughs> truly insane. That is a kid truly being like, insane. this is not my body. Let me go, let me have fun. This is my FAO Schwartz moment of diners. If I can be someone else, let me just fucking just be like, what is this combo like? Uh, so that's that. I, hey, listen, I'm speaking from my gut here. So I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. This is who I am. And this is where my mind went. Now, Don, I also just want to tell you, uh, and I think you and I talked about this off air. I don't think we've talked about it on the show yet, but um, we'll cut this if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But Rick from Bergenfield, Bergenfield, not so far from River Edge, right? No, very close. Rick from Bergenfield has been leaving us some great voicemails and some great comments on the Patreon. And he used to go to the River Edge Diner. Mm. And... I forget if I told you this or not, that I don't think so. he was a very big fan of someone who worked at the River Edge Diner named Loretta. Uh-huh. Do you know Loretta? I don't know her personally. I know who he's talking about. Yeah. He, he says that, because in response to... Uh, Does she still work there? Well, he said in our Guilty Pleasures episode, which was a Wotown episode, we listed you know some insane diner orders that become Guilty Pleasures. And he did say, did anyone have assorted late night diner challenges? We would see who could beat our friend Dan's record of 20 cups of coffee and three lines of sweet and low. Wow. We were assholes, but we always tipped Loretta very well. Mm-hmm. That woman is an angel. Yep. And he left another comment. I'm going to track it down right now if you'll give me a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, where I believe he said that he knew he was really in when Loretta once asked him to give her a ride home. Yeah. And that's, and that's that's when he knew he was a true regular. Yeah. That's, that's it right there. Yeah. He said, uh, here, this is Rick from Bergenfield who I met in person. He came to my show in Garwood the other day in response to your last episode where we, we covered, uh, Brownstone toast, Godfather and green papaya. Yeah. He, uh, I just want to get, because Rick's become such a big contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the first time I mentioned him. He said, uh, where do I want to start? He goes, regarding pancakes, you'll like this. This tells you you and Rick are kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. Not just from Bergenfield. Regarding pancakes, the best thing you can do is add a little bit of vanilla extract to the batter. Just yeah. give it a little something. 100%. Stop it short of making it a cake. I will back that up 100%. Toast in Asbury Park is not pretentious at all, because my pretentious thing kicked in. He goes... Uh, my wife and I went a few weeks back in early October, sat outside on Cookman on a beautiful th- fall Thursday morning and had a delicious breakfast. Yep. Uh, Danny's place in Wanamasa is the spot down there, if you ask me. And then he goes, Don, you're going to love this, Don. Don, your renovated diner description is spot on. I still love my River Edge Diner, but there was something about the tobacco stained drop ceiling tiles yes. in the old smoking section that doesn't yes. exist there anymore. Yes! 
at least Loretta is still there to hold the place down. Wow, she's still there. Green papaya is the shit. They're mm-hmm. the nicest folks, and I gotta agree with the caller that their pad CU is incredible. Their house-made crispy tofu is bananas, too. Yep. Uh, and that's their crispy tofu is great. He's the guy I had asked you. He was asking for your opinion on Sanducci's, and I posted your response on the Patreon. So everybody yep. can uh, everybody can go join the Patreon to see what Don thought about Sanducci's. Get that sepia, baby. No one orders the sepia. <laughs> Get the sepia from Sanducci's. It'll surprise you. Oh, dude, yeah, kindred spirits there. Absolutely with the smoking section, one hundred percent. And and the and the ripped up boots, man. Just like the the tore up boots that you might find like a penny in there or something like that, right? You're just finding loose change in the ripped up kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah, it, it's missing that. It's a it's it it went a little too. Uh, um, yeah, new age or something. It feels it felt it felt a little weird. I respect yeah, it. I respect just like it. everything in Jersey. I respect it, man. I respect it. But I know. just bounced back to the bagel battle too to see if Rick uh, had because one day you're going to do a live show because you're in LA. You can't be at all the live shows. You know, I feel like I'm. A, we're always like just for everybody listening who knows. One of the first things I do when we get our dates is I get them to Don and we just start going. Fuck, can we make it happen? So yeah, no I'm promises. But someday you and Rick are going to cross paths. You're going to like each other. I met the guy in the bagels episode too, just because he's a Bergen County guy. He's that, uh, I'm a big fan of Dumont hot bagels and mm-hmm. bagels and more in Bergenfield. Mm-hmm. Bagels and more also has fat sandwiches. I'm itching to try. Honorable mentions to Borderline Bagels in New Milford as well. So cool. Here's a, yeah. Here's the guys talking about your your part of the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumont definitely, definitely Dumont. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. We want your comments. We want your voicemails. 973-780-4660. If you love Porta, let us know. If you have other fine dining places that I got to get the chip off my shoulder, let us know. If you feel like you understand some of this mentality I've heard rumblings about with people going, is Porta dragging Asbury Park a little too far past a tipping point of charm? I want to hear the opinions on that. Don't be a dickhead. Just be honest about it. I want to know culturally what these places have in me. Because it's not just food. It's the state as a whole. And we stumbled into some philosophy here. So 973-780-4660 for your reactions on this one. Comments on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Don, you're the best. What a great combo. Thanks, bud. This was fun. And please, yeah, keep telling keep tell me where to go, man. I want to try stuff whenever I'm back in Juris. I'm always trying these places out so we can talk about them. I got some surprises for you lined up, my friend. Oh. Some surprises lined up for you. Go.